this is different. Firstly, welcome back to the Forever Student Show. As you can tell, it's just me. And today we're going to do things a little bit differently. We are doing a Q&A. So last week on Instagram, I asked you guys, send across your questions for me. Uh, I'll do my best to answer all of them and go in depth. This is not going to be a particularly long episode. We're looking to wrap this up in 30, 40 minutes. Um, but I think this is a cool format, right? Like I think giving you the opportunity to ask me some questions, um, me doing my best to answer them. And um, of course, next week and the week after that, we'll, we'll go back to regular programming. We'll have amazing guests on the show. They've already been locked in. And um, I think we'll change that up a little bit too. I think we'll ask you guys for some questions for them, which will be exciting. But I think without further ado, uh, I think I have about eight questions here, which we'll go into. And um, off we go. So question one, what are the challenges you're currently working on? I'm working on two at the moment. The first is a challenge called 75 hard. I don't know if any of you've heard of it. It's pretty fun. It's pretty crazy, but it's been hugely beneficial for me already. It's 75 days, which is two and a half months of two workouts a day. One has to be outdoor. One has to be indoor. Outdoor, not pretty here in Dubai, but we get it done in the summer. The second thing you got to do is read 10 pages of nonfiction a day. Now, the amazing thing about that is it forces me to read, right? Like there's no excuses. Even if I'm tired, even if it's late at night, even if I've gone out for a big dinner and whatever else it may be, I have to read those 10 pages. So I manage to slot that in every single time. The third thing is drinking a gallon of water. So I'll actually show you. I have my big bottle right here and uh, it's got timings on it. This is 50 dirhams on Amazon, by the way, worth getting. So this is 3.8 liters. You can use that. And um, in the beginning, very difficult. You're in the bathroom every 20 minutes. But after that, it just becomes easier and easier and easier to the extent where I'm drinking more than this now. I have to kind of refill this bottle. I um, add in a few hydration tablets. I'll get into that a bit later on. The other thing with the 75 Heart Challenge is no cheap meals and no alcohol and you have to stick to a meal plan. Now, whatever that meal plan is for you, you stick to that, right? Like, so for me, I'm an ultra endurance runner. I need carbs, I need protein, I need fat, I need all of that kind of stuff. So I have my actual meal plan with Mana Nutrition here in Dubai that I use. And on the weekends, I'm still very strict. So I don't have anything fried, I don't have any sugar. Um, and then obviously no alcohol. Again, very difficult in the beginning because you get your sugar cravings and like, you know, Friday night, you want to eat that pizza. But um, after some time, you get used to it and your body starts getting accustomed to it and it stops having those cravings, which for me is an incredible thing. Um, and I think that summarizes the 75 hard challenge. It's been, it's been very challenging for the first, I think, 20, 30 days. Uh, I did it with a group. So I got a little community together on WhatsApp. We're all supporting each other. Uh, some people... I don't want to say failed, but effectively it has failed after, uh, after a few days or a few weeks. And you basically have to start from scratch then. So you start again at day one. 
Um, I'm now about two weeks away from finishing. And I think I'm going to continue a few of these things and, and bring them into the future, specifically the water, uh, specifically the meals and the workouts as well. So that's one challenge. The second challenge is happening in February, 2024. This is, it's called triple seven. We're running seven ultra marathons in seven days in the seven Emirates of the UAE. There's ironically seven of us doing it. And, um, we're training super hard for it now. Like we have really stepped it up. 75 hard for me was kind of like complimentary for this, right? Like I wanted to do both at the same time, uh, because I feel like they would help with each other, but those are the two main things that I'm working on. And, um, if you want to follow, I guess my journey, you can do that on Instagram, but you can also check out triple seven underscore UE, where we will be talking a bit more about like what we're doing with triple seven. We're focusing a lot on content and we're going to focus a lot on charity, uh, specifically focusing on helping refugees. Um, one of the reasons is we choose to run this while refugees are forced to run. They're forced to run from their friends, from their families, from their homes. And, uh, we want to find a way to give something back and make that transition for them easier wherever they end up. So I hope that answers that question. We'll go on to the next one. How has your training impacted the rest of your life? Now, you guys probably know that I ran hundred K, uh, in March of this year. And that training program was a year long. I wanted to make sure that the goals that I set for myself are not goals that I can achieve tomorrow. They're goals that I can achieve a year from now. You have to transform as a person, uh, in order to reach that goal. Your personality has to change. Your habits have to change or whole lifestyle has to change in order to reach this goal. And that was for me, the hundred K 100%. Now, how has that training impacted the rest of my life? Firstly, let's go into the training. It's extremely difficult. You have to wake up and you have to train for two, three hours. Now, whether that's in the gym, whether that's a run, whatever it may be. And then you might have to train again, you know, later that same day, you have to watch your diet. You have to watch your social life. You have to watch your sleep, your recovery, your supplementation, all of that. It's doing hard things and it's doing them consistently. So with that said, doing hard things and doing them consistently. If you look at the rest of our lives in general, right? Whether you're a student listening to this, whether you have your own business, whether you're working for a company, we all face challenges in our work, in our life, whatever it may be. Now, I think one thing that's really transformed for me is the ability to do difficult things first. When you wake up in the morning, you get to your desk, you're going to have your to-do list. On that to-do list are going to be a few things that are a little bit harder to achieve, right? This might be uh, having a difficult conversation with, with a colleague. This might be uh, getting a presentation out of the way, whatever whatever that topic is. When you start doing like involuntary or voluntary hard things in your life, uh, outside of work, you'll automatically see that that's going to apply to 
work itself as well. So that's sort of the biggest change for me. It's like getting the hard things done first thing in the day, right? Rather than like not doing them all, not doing them at all, or like just keeping them um, sort of in the back burner. So I hope that answers that question. Then we move on to how have you typically gone about building good habits? Fantastic question. I love this question. Habits don't come easily. Building a good habit takes time. Now, I'll give you two examples of habit building, and one is successful, one is not successful. If you don't work out at all, and I tell you next week, five days a week, work out for 45 minutes each day, what do you think is going to happen? The answer is you're either not going to hit that in the long term. You might not even work out at all because it might be too overwhelming. You might have intense muscle pain, you know, the following day uh, and then get discouraged to work out. Um, but all in all, it's not a sustainable approach, right? Like going cold turkey into something that's that intense doesn't make any sense. Another example might be building smaller habits, right? So how can you start small and build from there? Let's go back to the workout example. If instead of you working out five times a week at 45 minutes each, what if I tell you, talk me through your day? Say I wake up, go to the bathroom, drink some water, make my coffee, have my breakfast, and then I'm off to the office. I'm like, cool. How long does it take you to make your coffee? It takes me about two minutes. What if you do 10 squats in those two minutes while you're waiting for your coffee? It's something that is super achievable. You have the time, right? Because you've allocated it. And I'm going to tell you, do it twice a week. Not even every day. Do it twice a week. Now what's going to happen? You're going to do the two times a week. You might do five times a week. You might do 10 squats. And you might do 10 push-ups on top of that. Right? Like you start with a super small habit, but like slowly but surely you start seeing these little benefits, right? Like you start seeing that, okay, one, it's feasible. Two, I'm not in excruciating pain. Um, three, I can build on this. And four, I'm starting to feel better, right? I have a little bit more energy. Like I'm starting to look better. Um, I have a bit more confidence. And then you start working up towards creating a bit more of a workout plan. Um, basically making that goal a little bit bigger. And my, I guess my sort of saying is I prefer small successes over medium failures. Small success would be doing those 10 push-ups or those 10 squats while you're making coffee. Medium failures would be, you know, not going to the gym five times a week at 45 minutes because you've set out that goal for yourself. You didn't achieve it. Start small, build up from there. That's kind of how I built all my habits and I track them, right? So for me, whether it's intermittent fasting, whether it's taking my supplements, whether it's working out or journaling or meditating or going to sleep early, whatever it is, I track everything on either my phone or my notebook or whatever it may be, where I put little checks behind, did I sleep eight hours? Did I do this? Did I do that? Check, 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 check. And 
I make those goals extremely achievable for myself. Now, my goals are going to be different to yours. My achievable is going to be different than your achievable, and that's okay, right? Focus on yourself. Don't focus on what anyone else is telling you. But track it and do it for a substantial amount of time. Every time I'm building a new habit, I do it for at least 100 days. At least. Forget about this 21 days to build a habit, 33 days to build a habit. It's... For me, it's all way too subjective. Building a habit is personal. So get into a routine, track it, start small, build from there. So I hope that answers that question. And um, again, guys, if you have any questions for me based on my answers, just feel free to DM us, email us. I'll always get back to you. Um, what do you do when you're chasing a goal and things get hard? Ooh. Okay. I do two things. The first thing I do is called, well, I suppose I coined this phrase myself. It's called emotionless decision-making. When you look at waking up early, when you look at listening to your coach or to your boss or to your spouse, to do something that you know you should be doing. Emotionless decision-making is not thinking about it and just doing it, right? Best example, alarm goes off at 6 a.m. The first thing that starts happening is this like crazy dialogue that happens inside your head between you and yourself about, should I get up? Should I go and work out? Should I go and do this. Can I not just sleep? Can I not just sleep in one more hour, 10 more minutes? Like there's this dialogue happening of, I don't know even what it is, making excuses for you to go back to bed or rationalizing for you to get out of bed. Emotionless decision-making is alarm goes off, you get up and you go. There's no option. There's no dialogue. There's nothing. You just go up, you get up, you do it and that's it. Example number two would be, you know, your trainer or your personal trainer saying, I know you have 10 more squats in you. I know you have 10 more push-ups in you. On the one hand, you can say, no, I don't. I'm so tired. I'm so this. I'm so that. You trust your coach. You say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You do it. You get it done. It's the same with work. It's the same with your spouse saying, can you please wash the dishes? Wash the damn dishes, right? Like, don't question everything. Don't always have to have this rebuttal or something to say back. There's certain things where you have to implement emotionless decision-making. And whatever that is for you, maybe write it down and say, listen, when these instances happen, whether it's my alarm clock, alarm clock goes off, whether it's, um, again, a conversation with your spouse or whatever it may be, like, just implement that. And again, going back to the habits piece, right? Start small, build it up from there. Maybe focus on one thing for now, where you say, just on the alarm clock piece, implement emotionless decision-making. So that's one part of um, ensuring that I do hard things, even when things get difficult. The second thing, and I learned this from doing the 100K run, is don't give yourself any outs. I guess the two are kind of overlapping, but I'll give you my example and you see how you want to implement that into your life. So 
during the 100K, during any ultra run or endurance race, uh, even during a marathon, it's very easy to give yourself an out, right? And by an out, I mean an excuse to stop or an excuse to quit. This might be, I have a stomach cramp or I'm not feeling so good or this is too tough or my ankle hurts. What's going to happen if you quit? When you, what happens when you quit is you feel good for about 10 minutes until you get into the shower and then you realize I could have easily kept going. I could have easily kept going. For me in the 100K, before it started, I told myself I only have two outs. There's only two ways where I'm going to stop running this race and it's if something breaks or if something snaps. Nothing breaks and nothing snaps, it's not a reason and you keep going. And I had an injury and I had stomach cramps and I had mental fatigue, physical fatigue. I had a headache. I was dehydrated. I was hungry. All of the above. Unfortunately for me, it wasn't an out, right? I, I, it wasn't a reason to quit. And especially when you work at something tirelessly for such a long time, right? Just remember all the hard work that you've put in. And that goes for any goal that you may have. Don't give up, right? Don't give yourself an out. It's not worth it. If you're tired, rest, don't quit. So I think that should answer that question. Those are the two main things that I like to focus on. Um, what else do we have here? Daily health hacks. I guess that's a question. Um, daily health hacks. I have a few. And the ones I'm going to give you are personal. Uh, they've been backed by science. I'm not going to go into the science because I don't know how to, how to quote that to you. But these are hacks that I've learned from friends, from other podcasts, Andrew Huberman being um, a major one. And so I'll give you, I'm going to say three or four of them. The first is to not drink coffee for the first 90 minutes of your day or caffeine for the first 90 minutes of your day. And the reason behind that, for me to simplify the science, is to let your body first wake up naturally before you give it anything to stimulate, right? You wake up, do your morning routine, and then have caffeine. I have it anywhere between 60 minutes to 90 minutes after I wake up. One of the main things that you're going to see as a difference is you're not going to dip. That energy dip is not going to happen. That energy dip that we typically experience around 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m., you'll see it won't happen. So that's number one. Check that out. Number two is getting sunlight within the first hour of waking up. And that kind of goes hand in hand with another thing, uh, another hack, which is don't look at your phone first thing when you wake up. So... What I do is I try to not look at my phone for the first 30 minutes of my day. I do that for two reasons. One is I want to get the sunlight. Uh, I want to expose my eyes, my brain, my body to sunlight before I expose it to anything else. And the second reason is I don't want any information on my phone to impact my mood that early on in the day. Now, if you look at my phone, first thing, 
there might be WhatsApp messages, right? From work saying, oh my God, we need this report ASAP. Might be a message from my bank saying 5,000 germs has just been subtracted from your account. Um, it might be Diwa saying we're canceling your electric. It could be anything, right? Don't put yourself in that situation the moment that you open your eyes. Go through some sort of morning routine first. Let your body wake up naturally. Get your sunlight. Get hydrated. And then you're basically prepping your brain to be in a position where it can deal with external problems. You're not in a position to deal with external problems that early on. So let me look at those three hacks quickly again. Sunlight, first thing in the morning. Caffeine, 60 to 90 minutes after waking. And no phone first thing. So let's call that like the morning part. Um, another thing that I want to just emphasize is hydration. And I'm going to speak specifically to the people here in the Middle East, um, because it's going to be most relevant for us. The water that we drink is what we call dead water, right? So if you fill water up from, uh, your filter, if you, from wherever you get your water source, even if you buy the plastic bottles from the store, it's dead water, meaning it doesn't have the necessary minerals or electrolytes that actually hydrate us. In the summer months now, particularly, I'm realizing this, is we get dehydrated very quickly, right? If you're sweating, what do you sweat out? It's not just water, right? You're sweating out sodium. You're sweating out all the important electrolytes that your body needs for energy, particularly. You need to supplement your water with electrolytes. There's some fantastic brands that I can recommend to pretty much anyone. If you want, in my opinion, a, a bit more of a milder, nicer tasting entry level electrolyte, Humantra is great, uh, which is actually a local company. I personally use a company called Element, L-M-N-T. They're super high in sodium, magnesium, and potassium. And if you're like me, I sweat profusely all the time, even if I'm not working out, I'm sweating. I need that, um, I suppose, ingestion of important electrolytes. So electrolytes for energy, for sleep are super important. And I would recommend anyone listening to this in the Middle East spe specifically um, to start looking at supplementing your water with some of these products. So that's another hack. And Lastly, I mean, this one kind of goes without saying, I hope, I hope a lot of you guys do this already, is have some sort of evening turndown routine, right? Like if you're overexposing yourself to screens, whether it's your laptop, your phone, your TV, you keep your mind stimulated. And that's why a lot of us have, have problems falling asleep at night. If you give yourself some turndown time, where you're dealing with your thoughts effectively, um, you're not exposing your eyes to these bright lights, and um, you're effectively just calming down your body, you're just going to get a really good night's sleep. So that's another important one. Um, I think these are pretty good hacks. I think these are pretty good hacks. Let me see what else we got here. Okay. 
this is the last question, actually. What are your thoughts on balancing intentionality with serendipity? Damn, that's a deep one. Also, this is the first time I'm really looking at these questions because I wanted to just give it to you straight. What are your thoughts on balancing intentionality with serendipity? Meaning what's in our control and outside of our control and how do we balance that? Um, the way I'm going to answer this question might be a little left field. I think about this in a couple of ways. Way number one is I believe that hard work creates good luck. We can manifest all we want and we can write our goals out and we can create vision boards and we can um, meditate and, you know, create good vibes in our heads. But if we don't put in the work on a consistent basis, I just don't believe that those goals come true. I believe the balance between working really hard and working intentionally uh, and smartly towards your goals mixed with ongoing reflection and manifestation is the most powerful tool or the most powerful combination that I can think of. And I don't think that one without the other really works. I think you need to be very intentional. I do think you need to reflect and you need to manifest. Um, I journal, I meditate. I manifest, but on the flip side, I'm not shy to work every day, all day, extremely hard towards things that uh, I'm passionate about, right? And things that I'm good at. I think that's really important. Yeah, I don't think you can have one without the other. And, um, and yeah, I hope that answers that question as well. So I think that's the end of our episode. The way uh, we will progress after this is we will have guests coming on. We've got two amazing guests confirmed next week. And we will be talking about a variety of different topics, but everything will always be based on what it's always been based on, right? It's providing you with the tools and resources to become the best version of yourself. And that's going to remain our mission. Now, we'll do these Q&As, I'm going to say once a month. And please feel free to send me any questions anytime. And they will always be considered um, for this brief 30-minute period. Have an amazing day and speak soon. 